0: Welcome to the Burnout to Breakthrough Podcast. My name is Dr. Eric Shoemake. Excited to be with you. Thanks for being with me today. Always grateful to be able to to talk to you. And I, I have a great episode today. This is part two of the Great Invitation series, part two of three, Pandemic Without Panic. And if you remember last week, we talked about why I'm not panicking during this whole pandemic that's going on because of some things that I understand about my body. And we talked about last week, how you have an amazing capacity to heal and be well, that you, you can be proactive with your health There's steps that you can take to build your immune system. So if you want to go back and listen to that, you can, if you haven't already. Um, but what I'm going to get into today is even a greater invitation, which is to be able to think for yourself, to be able to see, What's going on in the media to see what the quote unquote experts are telling you and, and just think rationally about it. And I'm not talking about conspiracy theories or anything like that. I'm just trying to teach you how I'm, I think, and I filter this information. So to give you some filters um, that will work for you as you move forward when you hear anything about your health. Because I what I feel like is happening right now in our country is we've obviously, we have a country that has a lot of risk factors, even with COVID right now. Part of the reason that we're on lockdown and this whole quarantine happened is to protect who? Is to protect the quote-unquote weaker people in the population when it comes to their health. Well, we have a ton of those in the United States, more than just about any other country in the world. Um, some of the the risk factors are one of the big ones is obesity. Over 50% of people that were uh, hospitalized with COVID-19 were in the obese category, not in the overweight. I'm talking obese category. Um, and those people did much more poorly than, than people that had a, their, their ideal weight that came down with COVID. Uh, same thing with high blood pressure. Same thing with diabetes. So I believe that there's an invitation here to let's all look at our health and pay attention to our health. And that's one good thing that's happening. People are talking about their health right now. And if we can just say, you know what, I want to do this differently moving forward. And I think that's the invitation here. I think we can do things differently with our health moving forward. And if you remember what I talked about last week is, you know, there is a pandemic that's happening and there are, you know, as of this recording, 60,000 people that have, that have died. And I grieve the loss of those people. Those are, you know, husbands and fathers and sons and wives and daughters and those are those are real people and it's a real thing and i i fully understand that um, but I also think as we move through this, we can start to look at the way we deal with our health and take care of our bodies and take care of our, the people around us in a way that's going to have us come back to better than normal. I don't want to get back to normal. I want to go back to better than normal. Um, because if you've been listening to me at all over the last 20 years, you realize normal wasn't working. You know, we had more heart disease and cancer and Alzheimer's than any other country in the history of the world, more diabetes than any other country in the history of the world, you know, more more kids on medication than any other country in the history of the world. And everybody that's listening to this right now, what I'm going to try to do is give you some uplifting, empowering information and, and some empowering and empowering mindset so that you can go get what you want with your health. And what most of us want is we want to, you know, to end up on the cruise ship when we're 70 years old. We want to be able to take care of our, you know, our grandkids and enjoy our lives. And, you know, the money that we've saved, we want to use that on traveling the world and doing awesome things with it rather than, you know, giving it all back to a nursing home. But right now we have a very much, we have a nursing home culture. One of the best investments you can make in real estate is nursing homes, especially memory care nursing homes right now because there's so many sick people in our country. And I think if we take a step back, And we say, okay, the way we've been doing things isn't working. So the question I want to ask you is the next time a a virus hits, do we want the same thing to happen? Like, do we want the same level of lockdown and fear and paranoia? or 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 would we like to be able to handle it differently? And I'm not talking about having more respirators around. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about knowing that our body is healthy and well and approaching it completely differently. So that's what I'm going to get into today is the difference between the a mechanistic model of health, which is what we have in our country versus a vitalistic model of health, which is what I've been living for the last 25 years and why I am as healthy as I am and why my family is as healthy as they are and why so many of our patients are as healthy as they are. We, we changed the thinking from a mechanistic allopathic model to a vitalistic model. And this is exciting. I love talking about this and I guarantee, If you listen to this and you spend a few minutes here and you think about this, you will be able to filter the information that's coming to you right now, not only now with this pandemic, but also anything that you hear about your health, you'll be able to start answering these questions for yourself. So let's go ahead and dive into this. Um, There are two models of health. There's, There's two ways that you can live your life. Number one is the mechanistic model. Number two is the vitalistic model. Our healthcare system is a mechanistic model, which means we see you as pieces and parts. Your heart is just a pump. Your intestines are just a tube. And and again, one thing I want to say before I get in, in, in any of this is that works great for emergency medicine, right? So that mechanistic model means that our allopathic model means that you are a passive participant in your health. You're wait, you wait until a crisis, and then you go to a doctor, and the doctor does something to heal you. So they give you a drug. They give you a surgery. They give you a vaccine like everyone's praying for right now. Everyone's waiting for a vaccine. But it's all... You're weight, You're a passive participant in your health, and that is what our healthcare system is. And again, I'll get into more of that in a minute. That works great for emergency medicine, and I, I'm thank God we have that. I'm not anti-drug or anti-doctor. There's so many doctors that are you know trying to fight and save lives, and I love that. But unfortunately, it's the system that we're in. It's the system that has educated those doctors and educated the experts that you're hearing about right now. And I just want you to ask yourself how well that system is working. All right, How well is that system working at creating health in our country? Now, the other side of it is the vitalistic model. And the vitalistic model says you are more than pieces and parts. You are more, you know, the, 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 the whole is greater than just the parts. And you have a power inside of you that allows you to be not only active instead of passive but proactive you you focus on building health rather than fighting disease so hopefully i'm gonna say that again you're focusing on building health every day rather than fighting disease all we talk about is fighting disease and 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 we're now we're fighting a virus instead of Building health, and that's what I want to really zero in on here is how can you build your health moving forward, and how and start to think from that vitalistic, um, vitalistic mindset. So again, how is our healthcare system working out? I always I always say we don't have a healthcare system, we have a sick care system. You don't have health insurance, you have sick insurance, and you know what people will say sometimes to that is well, well, no, I go and get my mammogram. Well, when does a mammogram tell you that you have cancer? A mammogram tells you that you have cancer after it's been there for at least 6 years. Okay? So billions of cells by the time you can get diagnosed with, with breast cancer, and we call that early detection. That's not early detection. That's late detection. There's actually much better ways to detect breast cancer, like through thermography and other ways. But I'm not, I'm not even talking about just detecting disease. I'm talking about preventing disease. So and like if your idea of prevention is just getting a mammogram once a year and still eating the same way everybody else eats and being vitamin D deficient and all of those things, then all you're doing is catching the cancer early. You're not preventing it. On the vitalistic side, we're going to say, I'm not just going to go get a mammogram once a year. I am going to build my health. So what can I do to decrease my chances of ever getting breast cancer? Well, there's, there's a lot of ways. Um, vitamin D3, which I talked about last week, um, great study uh, a few years ago looked at if, if everybody had the correct levels of vitamin D, between 60 and 80 uh, nanograms per mole in their blood, it, that would prevent 58,000 cases of breast cancer and 49,000 cases of colon cancer every single year. Guys, that that right there is massive. Just taking vitamin D, um, exercise has been shown to lower your risk of breast cancer. I mean, de- reducing sugar and the things that you're eating, getting back to your normal weight reduces your risk of breast cancer. So there's so much you can do. Now that does it does it mean that. Um, all breast cancer is caused by lifestyle no of course not but a large part of it is and what i would like to focus on is what we can control not what we don't control all right so again this is this is meant to be empowering so that you go you know what i have more to say about my health than i thought i did okay so in that that again the mechanistic what i call allopathic reactionary healthcare system i'll give you a a perfect example of that so if let's say somebody has something like heartburn okay We'll take it down a notch from cancer. So let's say somebody has heartburn, and you you go to the doctor, all right? And you so you have burning in your throat, burning in your stomach. Um, it's unpleasant when you eat, uh, you know, bloating and all of that. So you you get diagnosed with acid reflux. Okay, what that is is your body's producing too much stomach acid, um, and that's what you're feeling with that with the acid reflux. So what's the allopathic treatment for that, or the mechanistic treatment for that? It is. Prilosec, Nexium, some type, or Tums, or some type of proton pump inhibitor to stop your body from producing stomach acid. What is left out of there is you're never looking at the cause. Like Nobody stops to think, like why am I producing too much stomach acid? Just that's it right there. If you just start asking the question, why? Why am I producing too much stomach acid? So instead of asking the question, why, that allopathic m- mechanistic model asks the question, what? In order, and, like, what drug do you need to take instead of why are you having this? So in the, in the vitalistic model, we're looking at, okay, that symptom is not something you just want to go away. That symptom is your body trying to tell you something. Your body's smart. So if you just cooperate with the way your body is designed to function, then most likely that symptom's going to go away. Let's find out why you're having the acid reflux. Like so is is it something that you're eating that your body's not liking? 9 times out of 10, absolutely yes. Is there an enzyme deficiency where you need to help your body make enzymes that it normally makes on its own? By the way, when you do enzymes, zero side effects. When you do Prilosec, ton of side effects because again, you're interfering from the outside in. And again, it's a very passive thing. So instead of looking at, okay, maybe I'm eating food that my body doesn't like and it's telling me, hey, I shouldn't be eating that or I need to be eating more fresh fruits and vegetables that have all those natural enzymes in them, we say, well, I'm not going to pay attention to my my lifestyle. I'm just going to start taking this pill, which makes this bad symptom go away. But it didn't fix the problem. Everybody knows that. It's like putting duct tape over an oil light. It didn't fix it. And that's the difference. Now, the the reason I am going through this and and showing you this is because I want want you to understand, if you're not liking what's happening with... um, the, the lockdown right now and the way things are being handled and I don't. The reason I don't like the way that things are being handled is because all you heard about the entire time is worst-case scenario, worst-case scenario, worst-case scenario. And the experts, I know where the experts come from. I know where the experts, what, the way they think, which is completely different than the way I think. The experts that you're listening to on the news are the people that are in that mechanistic allopathic model, which is, again, you are a passive participant. Something needs to come rescue you. That's the only way that we're going to be healthy. So what is everybody waiting for right now? Everyone's waiting for a vaccine, Which, by the way, skipping safety measures on a vaccine, in my opinion, is a terrible idea. But everybody's like, we can't go back to normal until we have a vaccine. Instead, there's a completely other way of looking at it. And the other way of looking at it would be, what can I do to build my immune system? Because I'm most likely going to get this. That's what a lot of people are saying. What can I do to build my immune system so that when I get it, I have the best possible outcome? That's a much more empowered thing than just waiting for, for something, some type of treatment or some medical science to come rescue us. And I think that's what everyone, so many people are waiting for is, is to sit and then go, okay, I got to wait here for someone else to come save me. And I'm here to tell you that you can be your own savior. Like you can get your immune system working better. You can take care of your body from the inside out. Not only so that when you, if you come in contact with COVID, will you do better, but also look at what else would happen. If, if everyone starts taking vitamin D like I talked about last time and we get our vitamin D levels normalized, the, the, your response to COVID is much better. That's been shown. Uh, any virus and bacteria has, has been shown. You're, you will do a better job fighting it with your if your, vac- if your uh, vitamin D levels are normalized. But look at what else you're preventing. I just told you, you're preventing breast cancer and colon cancer. You're preventing non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. You're preventing um, multiple sclerosis to some degree. I mean, the benefits of vitamin D are, there's tons of benefits of vitamin D that make your health better. If you say, you know what, I'm going to eat less sugar because sugar weakens my immune system. I want to make sure my immune system is working better. My inflammation levels are down, like I talked about last Time, so I'm going to eat less sugar. I'm going to eat more fruits and vegetables. So that's going to you'll have a better reaction if you come in contact with any virus. But look what else is going to happen. You'll you'll we're going to that would help with our obesity epidemic that we have. Your um, inflammation levels would decrease. Inflammation is the root cause of just about every disease uh, under the sun. Just decreasing the sugar and eating more whole food. I just talked to a patient today. He's lost 50 pounds. And I said, what did you do? He's like, I did whole 30, which means I just don't eat processed junk anymore. I feel better than I've ever felt in my life. I took control of my health. I can breathe better. I can function better. Everything works better. That's the vitalistic model. Okay, that's the vitalistic model of, you know what, you are your own best doctor. You're not going to just sit around waiting for, for science or, or, or medical, medical uh, breakthroughs to save your life. Because if that was working, we would be creating health. And how is that working? We have, the, we have the most expensive healthcare system in the world, and we rank 37th in the world in overall health. Look around you right now. There are more, there's more, again, heart disease, cancer, diabetes, and Alzheimer's than any other country in the world. How is that working out? It's not. And and so everything that you're hearing on the news, just about everything you're hearing is coming from that allopathic medical model, including the CDC. So the CDC, just to remind you, I got just two examples, and and hopefully this will cement it, and then we can land this plane. Two examples of of thinking and and why I'm in this vitalistic model, and that's helping me not panic. Number one is, is who's setting policy right now is the Center for Disease CDC, which is Center for Disease what? Center for Disease Control, not Center for Disease Prevention, not Center for Disease Eradication, Center for Disease Control. It's again, it's outside in, it's let's control the disease. Like let's manage it. And that's what we do with our healthcare system. Like if you get diabetes, we don't talk about curing diabetes, reversing type two diabetes. And it is reversible, by the way, but not according to the American Diabetes Association. They say it's not uh, reversible. So what do we need to do? We're going to treat it or manage it or control it. That's that mechanistic model. Okay, so just, just along in the CDC. So who are the people that are giving you advice on whether it's, you know, a, a good idea to um, get a vaccine or or, you know, what social distancing should be or whatever that is? Well, it's the, again, it's the Center for Disease Control, not Center for Disease Prevention. So I'll, I'll give you an example. So Paul Offit is a medical doctor. He's one of the most, the chief uh, proponents of vaccine. And he's he's he was quoted once saying that babies could handle, this is his quote, 10,000 vaccines at once. That's how safe he thinks vaccines are. This is not a podcast on vaccines. We could do a whole one on that if you would like. Um, my question to Dr. Offit would be, if, if babies can handle 10,000 vaccines at once, why is there something called the Vaccine Adverse Events Reporting System where people get settlements for vaccine damage every single month in this country? Um, so that's so 10,000 vaccines. So that's that's the guy that you'll see in the white coat on TV speaking from the, the allopathic model. And this is what's crazy about um, the CDC. So he is... And this is just from um, from CBS News. Um, this is a while back. Um, so I'll just quote it here. So CBS News has found that um, these people have more in common than just their beliefs. They have a strong financial ties to the industry. So Paul Offit alone, okay, Paul Offit alone had the, the uh, patent for the uh, rotavirus. So he is actually on the board. So he's a CDC vaccine advisor. So with the conflict of interest there. Is so, he, he held the patent for a vaccine that he was voting for, saying that, okay, this is safe. You should not be allowed to say this is safe or this is not if you're going to get financially compensated if this vaccine gets put on the schedule. Um, but it's estimated that he made between 29 million and 55 million for his work developing the rototech vaccine for rotavirus. You can't tell me that's not a conflict of interest, and there's so much conflict of interest. One of the the chief um, the, the chief donors to the CDC, like the CDC says, the CDC says they don't take any money from from um, private interest groups, but but they do. Uh, one of the chief uh, donors is Coca Cola. So this is a, a few years back in 2016. There's actually internal memos of one of the one of the higher ups in the CDC they were actually counseling the Coca-Cola on how to lobby the world health organization to decrease their restrictions or their recommendations on, on uh, sugar. So they're saying, okay, Coca-Cola, since you're giving us money, here's how I would talk to those people to try to reduce the restrictions on sugar so that your product looks more appealing. That's what you're hearing when you're hearing pharmaceutical companies telling you something, or a lot of doctors telling you something. Um, it's not that the doctors are, like, crooked. Well, some, sometimes, I, I think. Um, but what it is is it's in the same system. Like, our system is reactionary. And I think what we do right now is when we're in time of a crisis, we look around at for social proof. I talked about this on one of the other podcasts. And we look around to see what everybody else is doing to find out what we should be doing. And just because everyone else is doing it doesn't mean that we should. If Like, we'll just take heart disease, for example. Heart disease is, is 90% preventable based on lifestyle right? Just on what you eat, how much you exercise, how much stress that you have, the foods that you put into your body, how you take care of your body. Well, if, if we have more, heart disease is the leading cause of death in the United States. I don't want to do what everybody else is doing. I want to do something completely different than everybody else. So that's the way I look at, you know, the two models. And and so when I'm looking for information on my health, I I'm like, okay, I don't want the white coat standard information that I'm getting from most people, because it's again, it's not that the people are bad people or, or, or you know anything. Doctors are heroes, and they go to school to save lives. I get it, but what system has educated those doctors? The system is the allopathic, mechanistic, disempowered model. It's the outside-in model versus. The the vitalistic model over here, which says, no, you're in control of your health. You can do things to change your health. You are not your diagnosis. You're not just pieces and parts. So the encouraging thing I want to give you, if you've been given a diagnosis, then there's something nine times out of ten you can do about it. I've had people have had type 2 diabetes be able to reverse their type 2 diabetes by changing their diet not manage their diabetes the rest of their life. I'm talking about reverse their diabetes, get their blood sugar, sugar and A1C levels normalized by changing their diet. That's an empowering message right there. I've seen people with just about every disease under the sun be able to reverse that disease by changing what they're eating, how they're exercising, um, how they take care of their body, how they think about it. And that's what I really what I want for everybody is, is an empowered model here and so that we come out of this on the other side. So not only can you filter out the, what's coming from the quote unquote experts, but you can also say, you know what, I'm going to start taking control of my health. I'm going to find information that's coming from this more vitalistic model. And, and I'm going to move forward with that. And that's how you end up on the cruise ship. That's how you end up being able to, you know, hang out with your, your grandkids. And that's how you end up out of the nursing home is by taking control of your health. And that's what I think this great invitation there is for us, because when you see a lot of things that are being said and also a lot of the experts, by the way, um, they, they predicted, look at the models they predicted. They said originally it's going to be 5% death rate and freaked everybody out. And then it was 250,000 people die in the United States. And then it was the wait maybe it's a hundred thousand people or maybe it's 60,000 people. Um, they were sincere people trying to protect us, but the models turned out to not be right. And, if we want to have a more empowered way of doing things, then I would argue let's not just talk about the virus. Let's talk about how you can boost your immune system. And that's what I spent the whole last episode on. And, but if we just have that thinking and that way of thinking moving forward, then again, if I, if I break my arm and I have surgery, you know, like I did I went over the handlebars on my mountain bike and, and thank God for my surgeon and, and he's awesome. Um, and we've even had this conversation about vitalistic versus mechanistic model. And he agrees with me on a lot of this. Um, and he's a great person and, and thank God. And he helps people every single day. And so if you're in an emergency situation like that, then great. Allopathic medical model works great, but otherwise we got to start taking control of our health. And I think we can, and then we come out of this on the other side. So if this happens again in five years or whenever it does, then we don't have as many people that we have to protect because our bodies are working well. And, and that's, that's really the bottom line. So here's my last illustration. And hopefully this will make some sense to you. I think you know which model you fit into if you're standing in front, if you're standing in, say, you know, a health food store and you see hand sanitizer on the left and you see vitamin D on the right, which one would you load your cart up with? And I would load my cart up with the vitamin D. Doesn't mean I wouldn't buy hand sanitizer or I don't wash my hands. I'm not saying that. But I'm not going to try to avoid every germ that comes my way. That's a bad that's a whole other issue That's has the second and third order effect that's going to happen if we don't do something about this we cannot avoid germs forever it's not good for you there are there are good germs there are bad germs and your microbiome is meant to come in contact with them it's not we're not meant to live in a sterile environment there's a whole if you just look up hygiene hypothesis um doctors these are mds telling you hey it's not good to live in a sterile environment you know, as we move forward. So I get, we're trying to avoid the germ right now. I understand that. But you know, with Dr. Fauci saying like, we should never shake hands again. That is absolutely ridiculous to me. That's crazy. You know, when this whole thing goes away, I, I don't want to be social distancing for the rest of my life. I don't want to have to wear a mask every time there's cold and flu season. I mean that like your body is meant to come in contact, contact with these these germs. So Back to the which one would you buy? Would you buy the hand sanitizer or the vitamin D? I'm going to buy the vitamin D because I know what that does for my body to prevent disease. I'm not being reactive with my health. I'm being proactive with my health. Like, for instance, I'm not going to buy a bunch of hand sanitizer and then buy a 12-pack of Diet Coke and some Dr. Pepper and some chips and, um, you know, some M&Ms. Like, that's crazy to me, but that's what most people are doing. And I think we can do better than that. I think we can move to the other side and say, you know what? Maybe I'm not going to buy the M&Ms. Maybe I'll buy a Lily's chocolate bar instead, which is sweetened with stevia and doesn't have all that sugar. Um, and I'll buy the vitamin D, and I'll do some vacation meals. It's not about being perfect, but I think it's a wake-up call for us to say, you know what? This whole system that we've been living in, this outside-in mechanistic model of health care or what I call sick care, this reactionary model – is clearly it's just not working for us. We got to do something different, and I think we can. So I just want to encourage you. Maybe it's a different way to think about the messages that are coming to you right now. It's going to be a different way to think about the messages on your health that are going to be coming to you a year from now, and hopefully that will help give you some a, a framework of okay, who's speaking to me? What's behind what's speaking to me? And then does it fit into? Is it empowering? Is it an empowering message, or is it a disempowering message? And I think we can we can move to an empowering model. Um, from this. And that's my hope that we would come out on the other side, not normal, but better than normal. So stuff to think about, uh, next episode, I'm going to get into really how we can make, make the leap there. All right. So what some practical, um, practical applications are some examples of how you can really say, you know what? I'm deciding to take control of my health. I'm deciding to help the people around me that are immune compromised, the people that have these comorbidities, I'm going to help them as well. Cause look at what we were willing to do to this point. Like we were willing to stay home and take care of people. And I think that's great that it, one thing that positive has come of this is like, we're caring about other people. Um, but when this, this pandemic is passed, and it will let's spend the same amount of, of, uh, of resources. Let's, let's have the same amount of energy going towards what will be the number one cause of death when this goes away, which is still heart disease, right? COVID may be the number one cause of death right now. And look what we're doing. We're taking it seriously. And I think we're, we're taking extreme measures, well, why don't we take the same or like half as much of the measures uh, for you know, preventing heart disease and diabetes and the other lifestyle diseases so that we take care of the people around us and we end up where we want to be, which is on that cruise ship. So until we talk to you next time, let's get in that vitalistic model, that vitalistic mindset, and let's move from disempowerment to empowerment because you are more than pieces and parts. Your body is incredible. The best doctor in the world lives inside of you.